Welcome to this osteopathic life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 31 of season two of This Osteopathic Life. This past weekend was the first I'd missed in this second season, and I've debated whether this will be a special episode or simply the weekly episode, one week removed. In any case, it serves a specific purpose this week, and that is to address osteopathic medicine as it has come up in the press, as it has been challenged as legitimate medicine, as the physician to the president has been put on display as not an ideal choice, perhaps, as a physician to the president for various reasons, but one that's been challenged over and over again is that he is an osteopath and that that is a problem. And you may have seen many articles, many tweets, many posts, both for and against osteopathic medicine. And I'd like to take some time here to shed some light on some of the key points of confusion and also to dive a little deeper into what it means to be an osteopathic physician and how we can see that and honor that as positive for the health of all things. And if you've been with me since the beginning, the early episodes in season one went in a very detailed way through the history of osteopathic medicine, osteopathic philosophy, through each of the four tenets in great detail. There was an episode on the difference, looking at the differences between MDs and DOs, where the commonalities are, looking at expanding the osteopathic concept for best personal and professional health. And that is something I have been passionate about throughout my time in osteopathic medicine. And it's been challenging in different ways because I utilize osteopathic manipulative treatment or hands-on care as a primary modality when I am in person with my patients, but I've always known at its core that is simply a tool. That is not the sum total of osteopathic medicine, nor is it even the primary distinction between osteopathic physicians and allopathic physicians or DOs and MDs, as you may know them. But it's the approach, it's the philosophy, and it is most specifically the challenge to continue to ask and inquire and examine what is happening in medicine and how can we continue to seek to do better, to honor the health more effectively, to utilize resources and wisdom that are available and add to them, to augment them, to enhance them, always honoring the grand design of the human form. And as time has evolved and medical education and developments have evolved, so too can the osteopathic evolve with that to keep that curiosity, that wonder, that challenge of the status quo at the forefront. 
And in recent times, I've been called upon to speak about expanding the osteopathic concept, both to osteopathic physicians, to physicians at large, and also beyond in the community to notice how utilization of the osteopathic concept can actually nurture health. And in this time, I was scheduled to give a lecture to OMED, the largest national conference from the American Osteopathic Association. It meets in October. It is virtual, like most conferences in this time. And my lecture was entitled, Power Beyond Touch. How to Practice and Teach Osteopathic Medicine in Any Setting and Specialty. And I'd like to take a little bit of time to review some of the concepts that were exposed, explored in this lecture, and also to clarify, like I said, the key points that seem to be coming up as confusion and offer to you my perspective, certainly through the lens of an osteopathic physician who specializes in neuromusculoskeletal medicine and osteopathic manipulative medicine. As a physician engaging with physicians of both credentials across all specialties and geographic locations, and noticing the experience. As someone who has engaged with osteopathic physicians in training at all stages of education in practice, and share with you what I see as possibility here, an opportunity for clarification and expansion, not only of our understanding, but of our access to the health. And this is on a broad scale. This is not isolated to DOs. This is simply an approach to practicing medicine that invites us to look toward and at the health, to acknowledge the whole person, to be aware of the role of the musculoskeletal system in disease processes in the body and as a source of health throughout. And I invite you to journey with me to ask questions and realize that it's okay. My own mother contacted me somewhat apologetically when reading the articles saying, I'm so sorry this is happening to your profession. And my response is, well, it's an opportunity for awareness because when you are a practicing osteopathic physician, it may seem unreal that people don't even know that DOs exist as physicians in the United States. But then I have to pause And step back and say, well, of course, that seems strange to me. I've been immersed in that world for the past 20 years. But I didn't know much about the difference until I sought to apply to medical school. And when I found out about osteopathic medicine, to me, it was the only way that I could approach medicine. And even as such, I see moving beyond and through osteopathic medicine in the way that I'm approaching health myself personally and professionally, not abandoning it, not discrediting it, but taking that osteopathic challenge of what else could we be doing and stepping into that fully and taking the philosophy and the tenets with me and expanding them so that I can reach my fellow physician colleagues on a broader level so that I can speak to my patients from a different space, utilizing those same principles, but in a new way. And that is what osteopathic medicine has always been intended to do. I think one of the key points of confusion that has come up, and this was in one of the earliest tweets on social media, 
was the use of the phrase osteopath and the challenge that Dr. Conley was not actually a real physician. And this can seem shocking and entirely disrespectful, but it may actually simply be a matter of context. Because outside of the United States, osteopaths who still have the credentials of DO to make it even more confusing are not physicians. They are trained in osteopathic philosophy in principles and practice. They utilize osteopathic manipulative treatment. They understand concepts of health, but they are not trained in medicine and they are not licensed physicians. And that isn't necessarily to their detriment, but it is an important distinction to make. It's important to note that in the United States, when you are trained as an osteopath, and that term has been shifted, utilized less for some clarity, we are osteopathic physicians. We are doctors of osteopathic medicine, and we are indeed fully trained, licensed, and eligible for board certification physicians. And so while that may not have been the intent of that tweet because the awareness wasn't there, because in the base country where that person lives, osteopaths are not physicians. And it might be very concerning that the person assigned as physician to the president wouldn't be a fully qualified physician according to the credentials in that country, because it's an entirely different thing, right? Rooted in the common philosophy, but when osteopathic medicine was taken outside of the United States, it was not taken as such as a medical practice. And osteopaths internationally do amazing work. They serve the health in brilliant and beautiful ways, but they're not physicians. And again, that doesn't have to be a problem, but it's important to note. And Dr. Conley is indeed an osteopathic physician, a doctor of osteopathic medicine who trained in the United States, who trained through the military, which also expanded the training he had through his specialty as an emergency physician. That's also been challenged. Why is an emergency medicine physician and not a primary care physician, which would be family medicine or internal medicine, serving in a primary care role? And there have been various dialogues around that. But the training he has received has been deemed appropriate for the job to which he has been assigned and to which he has agreed. So that's something very important to note. Look where the source is coming from. Acknowledge that in other countries, osteopaths, who are even called DOs, are not physicians. And it is important to note that. So to be an informed consumer or participant in your health, you can note what are the credentials of this person? And you can find that out by seeing, do they have a medical license? Do they have board certification? Do they have residency training? Those are things you can utilize to clarify if that person is indeed a physician. And in the United States, generally the answer will be yes, but certainly you can always investigate those components. Another piece that has been challenged and I think even offered in an attempt to be helpful is the idea that there is no difference between MDs and DOs in the United States. And I can understand that that, again, is well-intended, but the impact might be other than helpful. Because if there is no difference, then why are there even different initials? Why are there different credentials? Why are there different medical schools? And what I would challenge is that there is a difference, 
And that doesn't have to come from a space of exclusiveness or eliteness or diminishing in either direction, but simply difference. And in many ways, when we look to achieve equality, we often equate that with being the same. And we can see that in many different sectors and facets of our culture, that when we call for equality, we expect to somehow adapt right, to the standard that has been established. And that isn't helpful. That doesn't encourage diversity. That doesn't honor the difference in backgrounds or experiences. And quite frankly, it detracts from the variety and the breadth and depth of ways that we can interact and learn from one another. And so what if there is a difference? And what is that difference? And as I've noted, one difference is the utilization of osteopathic manipulative treatment, which is hands-on care, listening, palpating, assessing the musculoskeletal system and treating using a variety of different techniques, any restrictions in the body that could be inhibiting the fullest expression of health. And that is a component of osteopathic medicine. And that is something Dr. Still, the founder of osteopathic medicine, utilized. But it is a factor. And it's not the only factor. And when we hold on to it as the only factor, we diminish and belittle those osteopathic physicians who might not be utilizing OMT, as it is known, osteopathic manipulative treatment, that's the abbreviation, but are still very much practicing osteopathically. And what I mean is that the core tenets of osteopathic medicine seeing the unit of body, mind, and spirit, noticing the interrelationship of structure and function, acknowledging the inherent self-healing capacity of the body, and taking all three of those in order to utilize and create rational treatment, as well as seeing the whole person, taking the time to notice the health and not just see disease or symptoms. And this has been repurposed in different ways, And not necessarily as a bad thing. If we're taking these concepts and moving them forward, I don't know that it needs to be stuck and adhered to the name osteopathic medicine if it's really about seeing and serving the health more effectively. But we can honor these origins in the practice of osteopathic medicine for these 120 plus years and see that they have been taken into all specialties. An osteopathic physician educated and trained in the United States, is eligible for any specialty in training. That means they can be your primary care physician, your pediatrician, your OB, your family medicine doc, your internal medicine doc, your geriatrician, and they can be in any specialty, surgical, psychiatry, in any of the medical subspecialties. They can also be DOs. And they can still practice osteopathically even if They aren't utilizing osteopathic manipulative treatment. And even if, as I spoke about just in this lecture, they aren't able to put hands on. And we've seen that in this time. There have been restrictions to in-person practice, secondary to COVID and PPE preservation orders and access points. And that doesn't mean osteopathy stops at the door. It means it emerges in different ways. And one of the key features In that training, we have in utilizing our hands to assess 
is another layer in skill in listening. And what it means is seeing beyond just the superfluous story, seeing deeply into the patient's experience, noticing the expressions that come through the body, the messages that might clue you in when there isn't that specific awareness from the patient. They might not recognize that their mid-back pain is coming from their reflux. They might not notice that the detraction from health occurred at the death of a parent. They might not remember that slip and fall down the stairs as what happened right before they got terribly sick with that meningitis last winter. They might not recognize that the application of orthodontia has created chronic sinusitis because it influenced the lymphatic drainage of their head and neck. They might not notice that it is stress that brings on their eczema routinely. They might not have the time to dive into how their nutrition is really underlying and undermining their optimal health. And you might think, well, that's not just for osteopathic physicians to notice or know. And that's true. And like I said, it's coming through more and more in modern medicine. And that's great. Of course, we should all All physicians, all of us be seeing the whole person and noticing all these features and factors. But at this point, it is an osteopathic medical education that these are taught from day zero. And we are taught to see and hear and interact and put hands on our patients from the beginning. And whether or not we continue to do that because of our specialty choice or because of external circumstances that prevent us from being in person, with patients, that foundational knowledge doesn't go away. It comes through in the dialogue and in the engagement we have with our patients. And I've said before, but the key physicians in my training, who in my experience and opinion were most osteopathic, were surgical subspecialists. Seeing many, many patients a day, utilizing surgical intervention as a primary treatment course, but holding the osteopathic philosophy at the forefront and holding their patients within that sphere and hearing the whole story and noticing that that pathology came in as a derangement of the health and that sometimes surgery was a viable option, perhaps sometimes a referral to their specialist colleagues who utilized OMT was appropriate. And sometimes there was no intervention indicated, but acknowledging and holding awareness with that patient for what was interfering with and influencing their health. So it is very possible to be osteopathic without utilizing directly OMT or perhaps without utilizing it frequently. And there is a difference. And I'd like to say that all are welcome to it. And we've made that invitation broad in that we have brought all postgraduate training programs, meaning when you graduate from medical school, you choose a specialty and you enter into a residency to train from between three to five to sometimes eight years to achieve certification status in that specialty. And you can be osteopathic throughout. And as we intermingle and bring DO preceptors in with MD preceptors and students from both schools across these residencies, we are making available osteopathic knowledge, practice, philosophy, treatment principles to everyone in medicine. And I think that's fantastic. If we do think this is something in addition to offer 
to the basic medical training in clinical skills and knowledge of physiology and pharmacology and training on the floors, why not share it with all? And at this moment in time, osteopathic physicians, DOs in the United States, represent 11% of practicing physicians. And while I love that number, more than all numbers in the world, it's small. It is a minority representation. And so perhaps none of us should be surprised that people didn't even know DO was an option to follow the name of a person who could serve as physician to the president in this country. And it is on us to demonstrate the difference respectfully, proudly, clearly, and to bring awareness into the world. And so I say, this is an invitation. This is the most conversation we've had about DOs and MDs in recent history. And so what are we saying? Do we have a common voice and a common message that we can speak loudly and proudly and offer it to the world to say, here is how we are honoring the health. Here are the ways in which we are continuing to challenge the practice of medicine to do better, to not just accept the status quo. And that was in a time when bloodletting and poisoning were the treatment options. So, of course, thank you for saying this isn't okay and something else needs to be done. And we can take that forward with appreciation for advances in modern medicine and work alongside it and incorporate them into what we're doing. How brilliant and beautiful to have access to all of it and to hold these common tenets and our philosophy at the core and see the person and see the health, even when there's just a speck. And that's so important, especially in this time, because with COVID, it is powerful and debilitating and has long-standing morbidity for people. There are lasting effects and negative impacts on the health from this. And so if we can take the osteopathic approach there and say, okay, what is the remaining health and how do we nurture that and enhance it and support it? That's what osteopathic medicine is called to do and called to go in directly. And while some practices were closed, as we saw Everything was different state to state across this country in the time of COVID. In other places, in St. Barnabas in the Bronx, they went in every day. They had full PPE and they went to the COVID positive patients and treated them to support their system. And the data is pending from that engagement. And so as we look and say, 11% of practicing physicians, 25% of current medical students, we can also look and see that there's a higher ratio of women in osteopathic medicine. And there's a call in this time to shift the leadership toward the feminine. To say, what does it look like and what does it mean when we're in this space in a more balanced way? And not even in an uneven way, but trying to work to get to equality, right? And that doesn't mean same necessarily, but equality across the board of who is at the table, who is helping to make these decisions, who is giving their perspective and influence in this space. And osteopathic medicine and its origins was much more highly representative of women and of physicians of color. And so we can utilize that as being part of the osteopathic difference and bringing that to the forefront as we make progress in medicine. 
And so while we may not agree specifically with the determinations or the words used or the retractions made by Dr. Conley in this time, attributing that to the credentials of Dr. of Osteopathic Medicine, it's not necessarily an appropriate correlation. We could also look at the difficulty of that position in general and when else has it come into the spotlight and when did we even notice who was physician to the president and what was expected of him or her in that time. And what I would offer is this as an opportunity to step back and to take an inventory and to notice if you have had interactions with osteopathic physicians trained in the United States and what that was like. Did you notice? Were you aware? If you look at it now, was that engagement any different than an engagement with a physician who went through training in the allopathic system and had the credentials of medical doctor or MD after his or her name? And if you consider the idea of focusing on the health, of honoring body, mind, and spirit, of acknowledging your inherent self-healing capacity, of recognizing the important relationship of structure and function, of the deepened knowledge of the musculoskeletal system in seeing how that can translate as an invitation, as a messaging system for understanding and treating disease more effectively, is that insufficient? Is that less than? Is that valid and worthy of the criticism that has been extended? And you can make an informed decision. And many will still hold that MD is superior for the rigor of requirements to get in, that DO is a default, that the majority are MDs, and so that must be better. And if we take a look at what's happening across the board in this time, that is our default, right? The majority way is the right way. And if we look at some of the basis of our culture here, it is challenging the status quo and what has been happening. And do we just keep doing it because it's what we have been doing. And do we need to totally eliminate something and replace it with something else? Or can we effectively come together and integrate while welcoming the differences that we all bring in any situation? And moving toward equality and equity, still inviting that wholeness and that full experience and the nuance and the details and the differential that comes with unique individuals in different experiences, be that in life or in training? And what does it look like when we invite them all rather than diminishing what is different? Stopping or shaming that which is the minority? And how could we benefit from a broadened perspective, from getting clearer on details, from recognizing when things may be taken out of context and respecting the different experience, beginning and continuing in curiosity and perhaps even gratitude that something does exist that says 
Is what we're doing all we could be doing? How could we do something more, different? What does it look like to hold and honor the health at our core as we move forward in any situation, personally or professionally, physician or patient, human to human? And I challenge my osteopathic colleagues to notice what it is you would like to say about being an osteopathic physician, especially in this time. And I offer one simple phrase that perhaps sums up some of the key aspects. And I ask that we all take a breath and then listen to these words and consider what that might mean for medicine and to my allopathic colleagues, my MD colleagues, whom I cherish and to whom I've been connected so deeply, especially during this time. I thank you for your advocacy and your allyship. And I offer to you the osteopathic philosophy as an option and an opportunity to expand all of our knowledge, experience, and support of the health personally and professionally, to deepen the integration across all physicians in this country, and to move forward together in wonder, curiosity, possibility, and a continued challenge to all systems and to see how we can do better. This is a phrase I offered to my physicians in the lectures I've been giving recently. I am a fully licensed physician with training and experience grounded in osteopathic philosophy, which means I see and hear your story considering the influence of and on body, mind, and spirit, and will help you realize your inherent capacity for health with opportunity to optimize function by addressing key structural factors. And I offer you one other version. I am an osteopathic physician specializing in neuromusculoskeletal medicine. I am trained to listen with my hands, head, and heart to provide the best care for my patients by honoring their whole self, seeing their capacity for health, and recognizing the important influence of structure on the function of the body. Those are some possible definitions. This is my perspective in osteopathic medicine and my hope for my colleagues in osteopathic medicine, in all of medicine, for my patients, and for my fellow citizens to have some clarity around the practice of medicine in this country, the opportunity to honor the health more fully, and the importance of seeking clarity and noting context and gaining awareness that simply because something may not be familiar to us doesn't make it less than. And it's an opportunity to learn, to expand, to grow, and that we all truly can be for the health of all things. This is Dr. Millie Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.